Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. The long summer nap begins today with Major League Baseball returning. (laughs) (laughs) The long lie down. Just 162 sleeps. That's right. The playoffs. Uh-huh. Baseball fans uh, love the game, and a lot of them love the stats. Here's some for you. The New York Yankees have the best winning percentage of any Major League Baseball franchise. Since they were founded in 1903, the Miami Marlins are last. Wow. Think over that course. I mean, they played a lot of games in the 120 years. Mm -hmm. That's insane. There are five major league teams that have won every time they've made it to the World Series. Blue Jays are one. Yeah, they are, 2-0. And funny enough, the Marlins have that losing record, but they also, every time they have made it to the World Series, have won. They are 2-0, just like the Jays. Los Angeles Angels, Nationals, and Diamondbacks are 1-0. Five teams have lost every time they've been to the World Series. That would be the San Diego Padres, the Texas Rangers, Tampa Bay Rays, all 0-2, and Milwaukee Brewers and Colorado Rockies are 0-1. Then there's the Seattle Mariners, the only active team that's never been to the World Series. Wow. (laughs) At least it's not, like, football is one of those weird uh, stat sports where, like, they'll say, like, oh, doesn't look good for the Marlins. They made the they made the Super Bowl, but they're not going to win because they didn't win it 50 years ago when right. they were in it. Right, right. A little bit of a different team. Yeah, from 1876 to 1887, Major League Baseball players could request where the pitcher threw the pitches during an at bat. High, lower, middle, and the ump would adjust the strike zone to that request. That's where you know when you see the batters getting ready and yeah. they kind of do that. Yeah. Put the bat where they want it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where that came from. It must be. And there's nothing in the uh, official Major League Baseball rules that forces players to wear hats other than a helmet when batting or running the bases. Oh, really? So they don't need to if they don't want to. That's interesting. I will say this. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been to a Jays game at the Dome. I must admit, I'm saying we might be into two decades now since I've gone to see one. But I'm really interested to see these changes that they've made to the Dome. Mm. Like it, It looks really cool. It's a lot of kind of open... Uh, standing areas in the outfield. And you see them at a lot of the American parks where it looks like a party's going on out right. there. Well, now you can apparently buy a $20 ticket that doesn't get you a seat, but you can roam around and you have access to these different areas. Oh, good. More drunks on the GO train. <laughs> After a Jays game. Well, you don't have to worry. You're not taking a go train anymore. I was amazed when I was on the go train Sunday afternoons coming back, and it always seemed to align when a Jays game had let out. And the amount of young people, first of all, I was surprised at how many young people were still going to Jays games. But they were all hammered, which is, I guess, what happens in the sunshine for four and five hours straight. I was going to say when you said changes to the dome, I was going to say, did they knock it down? They should have. Like, <laughs> get rid of it. Jay's, like Jay's cars. Like take the, the first two or three uh, like tr- uh, the cars on the train. Right. And make those like the Jay's car Instead of like the quiet zone. Yeah, yeah. Have like a couple of quiet cars. The party zone, yeah. Uh, and there was once a three-way pro baseball game. In 19- Pardon me? Yeah, three-way. A three-way between the players. 1944, the Yankees, Dodgers, Giants played to raise money for World War II. Each team batted three times against both other teams, pitching and defense. The Dodgers won. All right. Menage a strikes. Now, that would make baseball interesting. (laughs) Sliding into home, a whole new thing. Where are you going with that bat? Right. (laughs) Is it cork? Um... 
Now, you were just mentioning going to a Jays game. So if you wanted to go, on average, uh, it would be about 40 bucks for a ticket. Okay. That's uh, true for the Jays, but it changes for other teams. I'm sure a lot more to, say, see the Yankees or the Red Sox. Right. And probably next to nothing to see the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. And uh, Jays also do tiered pricing, too. So, you know, when you're going to watch a game against the Yankees, it'll be yeah. more expensive than other teams. That makes sense. Yeah, it is amazing that it still costs so much because do you know that over the entire season there are 2,430 games played? Right. And that's just the Jays. Yeah. <laughs> each, each team hosts 81 home games, and look, you can put 50,000 people into the Sky Dome. Like most ballparks can hold a lot of people. Yeah. So you think they could cut back the cost? A hockey game, of course. Not as many in a season, and you can only put like 18,000 in the uh, in the Scotiabank Arena. Right. So I understand why it's more money. The thing, too, with baseball in this city is if the Jays are doing really well, everybody's in. If mm. they're stinking out the joint, nobody cares. Well, like so many sports, the first month, huge. Yeah. Right? And, and there's excitement. They build up excitement getting into opening day and, and to the home opener next weekend. Uh, but then... Uh, if the team starts waning, yep. so does the interest in it. Very tough to keep it going during the, the dog days of summer. Yeah. And then if they're not competitive by mid-August, then it just becomes a snore fest. Yeah. Hockey, the Leafs, really the only sport, and certainly here in Canada, where uh, the Leafs, who stunk through the 70s and the 80s, people just never stopped going. You know, it was constant I'll say this, because some of the uh, concessions prices have come out for the Jays, too. And mm-hmm. they've got, like, a new poutine hot dog. Well, oh, yeah, I would try. I know you would. Um, and it's, like, 12 bucks, I think, or something like that. But um, we're always complaining about the price of things when we get to, mm-hmm. the, to the ballpark or the arena and how expensive it is. I was shocked when I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago and went to the Panthers game. Uh, I went the first night I got there. They were playing, and I wasn't calling it. So I went to watch. And... Just roam around the concourse to see. All right, well, what can I, mm. what can I get here? Let's get a tall boy. Seventeen bucks. Now, that was a king can. Did you buy one? No. Seventeen dollars <laughs> U.S. But not only that. I thought, okay, well, that's a king can of beer. I get it. That'll be more expensive. Mm. A bottle of water was five bucks U.S. Right. And it was, and I remember all you ever hear, like like when we go to concerts and and it's never the crazy guest act. Yeah. All I ever hear is people going down to the Florida and getting a pair of tickets with a steak dinner, parking, and two <laughs> beers for thirty bucks. And a reach around. Yeah. And I, I was okay. Well, Florida's got this really cool third jersey. I'll buy a couple of T-shirts for the kids. All right, fifty-five dollars U.S. Did for you a buy T-shirt? them? Hell no. <laughs> did you get into the game for free? I did. You can't treat yourself to a beer. No. You could have found a patio Not in for Florida. Seventeen dollars U.S. For seventeen dollars in Florida on a patio at a bar near the arena, you could have drank all day. Exactly. That's why. That's why I went and drank at the bar afterwards. And then again, I get so angry with you because you go. <laughs> On these trips by yourself, and the time you have off, you go to another hockey game. It was work. You've got problems. <laughs> you really need to lie down. Guys, calling a hockey game has a night off and goes to a hockey game. That's, that is called preparation, <laughs> dedication to you, the craft. You Greg. are out of your flipping mind with the hockey. <laughs> I bet you. I know how much you love it. I bet you. I don't even know the depths. Of how uh, your addiction. <laughs> you to hockey are like Keith Richards to heroin in the 70s. 
No, because he was paying for it. <laughs> I bet he wasn't. That's <laughs> true. The only difference is your teeth haven't started falling out. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, 40 bucks, and you'll end up spending about $70 in the ballpark between food, right. drinks, you know, all this stuff. Family of four? Oh, God, it'll cost you probably 400 bucks, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, when asked about if you'd go to a Jays game if you're a fan, less than half say they plan on going. As a matter of fact, they'd rather just stay at home and watch it on TV, because then, of course, you can fall asleep on your couch. But if you're a big fan, you, uh, you expect to go to at least three games this year, if you want to go check them out. I notice here, and it's amazing, too, I, again, back to the young people in baseball. I'm really shocked at how many young people still enjoy it because it is such a slow game. Right. And we have no patience for anything anymore. And yet in this building where there's a lot of 20-somethings and 30-somethings, they're all walking around today with their uh, Jays gear on. Yeah. There's so I'm still into it. It's April. There's excitement because it also means summer's coming. Right. So people are excited about the start of baseball season for that. And we'll see what this pitch clock does if it speeds up the game. Right. There's, that's one of the rule changes. Also, no shifts, too, on the defensive side. So you can't bunch up all your defense on one side of the field, hoping the batter's going to pull. At uh, Roger Clemens' age, is he able to still pitch for the Jays? Is he still a member? <laughs> you think Jimmy Key's going to be helping serve? <laughs> I don't know that I shared this with you on the air. I know I shared it with Katie when she was filling in for you. I had uh, told Katie how excited I was that my oldest son and his girlfriend were uh, moving out. Oh. That they had found a place they were uh, going to be uh, renting. And uh, You're not excited for them. You're excited for yourself. I'm excited for myself. A couple of reasons. One, they're, they're moving out uh, soon. I see the boxes lining up in the hallway. And then I got even more excited when I remembered that the lovely Maria was going to Italy with her mother. Her mother just turned 80, so they're taking her back to the, the homeland for two weeks in June. Wow. That means my pants will be down around my ankles <laughs> constantly. <laughs> for for two weeks. Your poor neighbors. But here's how my life works. I get up this morning and I notice I've got a notification on WhatsApp and I open it up. David, my youngest, has accepted a job in Toronto and is coming home April 24th. <laughs> one in, one out. I might get 48 hours to myself. I don't actually know if he's moving back home to us or I think he's got a place. I think him and some buddies have got a place downtown. But uh, I just thought, I, what, you watch. You watch. That place downtown won't work out. And he'll be with us. <laughs> More importantly, with you. Yeah. <sighs> this is the period of life we're in. Anyhow. You get to reclaim a room? Two, two, two of them, really, because the basement was an office for your... Three rooms, then, like uh, between David's bedroom, that right. spare bedroom, and the basement. Oh, wow. yeah. It's like a whole other house. And my whiskey bar will be moving in there very, very soon. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, that's the, that's the story of my life. Look in my eyes, Lucky. This is your future. So have, they, have they hired a moving company, or are you it? <laughs> uh, we're probably reserving the station van a couple of days in a row. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's going to be, because they're just moving out towards uh, Pickering, so it'll probably be a very slow process of taking things as we go. Right. You know, they uh, they don't have, it's not like they have uh, furniture and you know, everything in my house is my stuff. Right. <laughs> they're not taking, hey, are you guys using this couch? TV? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, too, because, you know, somebody... Young couples like them are 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 trying.
trying to get a foot in the door mm. in, into a new house and have decided that's not going to happen, either down payment or just mortgage rates and the price yep. of houses is just in the GTA way too high. And so you you move to rent, which is also way too high, mm-hmm. by the way, because you're just covering some investor's mortgage at that point. And then you still have to buy stuff yeah. and fill it with stuff. Yeah, we remember when you uh, when you first got your house or or uh, w- when you first uh, got married. I know for Marie and I because it was from our parents' home right into our first place. You and Adrian lived together for a while, so you had some stuff uh, accumulated. We had nothing. Mm. Like when we went out of our parents' house into our and it, yeah, that whole process of going out and buying a bed, a couch, a TV, even stocking your cupboards with food for the first time. I remember going to the grocery store and just needing to buy everything from from the basics of salt and pepper to right, you know. Yeah, uh, it was a it's a big process. So yeah, they're they're in the the middle of doing that, and we've had discussions with them because, um, you know, it's I guess probably an old school way of thinking now, in that you just went and bought a house. That's what you did when you were ready, when you were working full time. If you got married, you bought a house, and so. When they originally said to us, well, we're going to go rent, both Marie and I were like, oh, what a waste of money. But then I had remembered this um, this story of this guy who had rented uh, from us with our little place up in Caledon, and he had decided to take his money and, and invest it in other areas. Now, I, had, I don't know where he is now. He would have moved into our place probably in the late 90s or early 2000s he's, he could very well be a multimillionaire at this point for all i know but he had just decided he didn't want that long-term investment of a home mm. you know nowadays it's not that people don't want a home they can't afford it so they have to think okay i got to do something else so we'll rent and we'll invest our money and we'll do something else with it so that seems to be their game plan i just said to them as long as you're doing something with outside of your rent money the extra money you have as long as you're doing something with it, you know, rather than just it all going to rent, which is a complete waste. But right. anyhow, they are I doing mean, what they need to do. And it's something the other day that was said, you know, when you have, when your kids turn 18, um, charge them rent in the house, mm. right? And if you charge them rent and they move out when they're 24, or 25 or something like that, they if you took that, if you charge them 250 bucks, mm-hmm. and if you took that over the course of that time and just saved it for them, mm-hmm. uh, you could hand them a check for like you know 20 grand or something like right. that after that time period. There are a lot of parents do that. Only problem with that is that you know, 20 grand doesn't really get you that far ahead no. right now. No, no, I know. <laughs> hey, At the, the time, it was like, oh, yeah, take that 20 grand, and that's your down payment. Yeah, our Not down payment now. was $15,000. Right. Yeah. Now, speaking of money and down payments, yesterday I was pulling my taxes together. And in the process of pulling out all the paperwork on that, I came across all the notices from my bank about my mortgage increases over the last year. Oh, yeah. So I stacked them all up. There had to be six or seven of them. I said, you know, because it it happened, you know, it happened in like March. And then it happened gradually. Yeah, you know. I, I look back to when it first happened. I was at 1.6%. <laughs> I'm now at 5.2. Yeah, no scary. Wonder. It is scary. Now, they say, and I've heard and from just reading different financial things, that we are going to gradually start coming back down. This bank collapse in the U.S. could have some play in that. 
But recession could also still be in our future. So who knows? But I just went, oh, my gosh. When was the last time you went when in one year from, you know, 1.6 to 5 point something, a 4% jump? We used to panic when it went up a quarter. Mm. Anyhow, we carry on. So uh, that's my life. And that's your future. <laughs> uh, you know, we often talk about people being scammed, and we think online scams happen to mostly uh, older people who are just not up to date with how these scams work. And you hear stories of them going and buying all sorts of gift cards and sending them off to places. But it's not just seniors who seem to be getting scammed. A principal of a school in Florida was forced to resign after falling for an online scam where she sent a hundred grand to someone who claimed to be Elon Musk. Wow. And this wasn't just something she did while sipping Chardonnay one evening. It was like a, a long coming decision. She even talked to coworkers about it who told her, yeah, this is a scam. But she kept buying into it. She really thought she was talking to Elon Musk. But it was a fake Elon for at least four months. Really? Yeah. That's putting a lot of time and effort, one, into the scam, and two, like, for her to, to not clue into this. It's so strange, isn't it? Um, she really did believe she was talking to Elon Musk, even though he's a fake, and he asked her to send uh, 100 grand to his right-hand man, because that's, I'm sure, how Elon would do it. Yes. And she, uh, she cut a check. Only it wasn't a personal check. It was from the school's account. Oh, no. Now, she claims she did it because she totally bought in to fake Elon, claiming he was going to give the school $6 million in return for the hundred grand. Now, I'm no mathematician, but even somehow that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so I give you a hundred grand, and you're going to give me $6 million? Right. Well, I guess, you know, if it's some sort of grant program or something like that, she thinks she's... Helping out the school. How do you say no when you can mm. help out the kids? Well, I guess you would start by saying, hey, can we do a, uh, I know, a video chat about this, Elon? And for this kind of money, I really got to get, uh, you know, support from my boss. Right, yeah. Can we have a, a group chat, perhaps? Mm. A conference call of sorts? Anyhow, uh, she cut the check, and then the school's, uh, I guess, accountant figured it out, got wind of it um, before the... Uh, check was cashed and was able to stop it but she lost her job and in a meeting with the school board she said look i'm a very smart lady i'm well educated i just fell for a scam and i guess it can happen to any of us i just don't understand how i get the seniors i get others who are you know just not up on computer skills of any sort right but to be, I don't know, a principal, probably in her 40s or something, who knows, to be educated, to you, even the school board, you think at some point would have had a meeting about, listen, on our school computers, you know, watch out for scams. Yeah, you know, you want to say that. It, it, really, it's unfair to to bring up her level of education just because there's so many people who are looking for the world to give them a break or think, the, think, think the world owes them something. Yeah, and this is my time to shine. This, and this is it. This is finally you know, the opportunity. And she was not like she was taking the money for herself. Mm. She thought she was doing something good for her school. Right. And others would benefit from this. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's heartbreaking to hear of the seniors ones that happen, especially these ones where they prey on... Um, you know, a, a grandchild that's yes. in jail or something needs, needs bail money or needs needs help immediately, um, and you know, can you transfer money? 
uh, I'm caught abroad or something mm-hmm. like that. Because, you know, those those prey on, on a sympathy and a weakness. And, yeah. um, and the email one, some of them are really intriguing. I saw a friend of mine post yesterday that he got one from his cable company that said, you owe, here's the link uh, to transfer money hmm. uh, and to, to get your bill back in order. And that link was basically an e-transfer that was going to someone not his cable company. And did he click on it? No, he didn't. Because I, I I get those things all the time, too. And look, I'm no brainiac. I got like a grade six education at best. But any time I get something like that, and I get them from hydro, gas, cable, all the time, I call. I pick right. up the phone and I go, here's my account number. I'm, I got this email saying I owe you money. Yeah, no one calls anymore. That's well, I do. You do. But again, you're still back in grade six. But why wouldn't you? So You wouldn't pick up the phone if, if, if Rogers called and said you owe him $450 in a back bill. You wouldn't call somebody? Pro- probably not. Me, wow. maybe. But uh, I could be tempted because the problem is my monthly bill is almost that much. It's not an extraordinary amount. Right, but if you already paid it that month, how would you? You're you're pretty tight with the wallet. You're right. pretty close to your coins. I couldn't imagine you just willy nilly go. All right, I owe you another four hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, no, I'd probably complain or investigate, but I can certainly sympathize with someone who would just say, "Oh yeah, maybe I did forget to pay it," and mm. uh, you know, and is not as organized. Yeah, again, I, it, it makes no sense to me, but look what happened to this teacher. I mean, if you look on your uh, account, on your bills paid, it shows you the last time you paid right. and how much you paid. Yeah, but There's so many, the date. There's so many people, like, you know, for instance, mine is an auto pay for, for so many oh, things, really? too, right? It's like, here, just take it off my credit card, and I'll pay the credit card later. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm... Uh... I go into the to the to the uh, each utility with a bag of coins. You still you still got a stack of withdrawal slips oh, at yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. I, I I often say, can I pay in hugs and kisses? But nobody wants that. Uh, you remember the story of uh, Jeremy Renner and New Year's Day when he got uh, run over by his own snowplow? Right. Was that on New Year's Day? Yeah. Really? 14,000-pound snowplow rolled over him. and um, he The just, groomer, really, like they use yeah. the, the big ski hills. Yeah, crazy, right? And he, it's, it's amazing that he's alive because we've got the list of his injuries, and it's horrific. Uh, he sat down with Diane, Sora, uh, Diane Sawyer for an interview that will air on ABC next week. In a preview clip, he lists off the injuries that he suffered. They included... A broken face and eye socket, eight ribs broken in 14 places, Ugh. a broken right knee, left tibia, both ankles, collarbone, jaw, right shoulder. He suffered a collapsed lung and his liver was pierced by a rib bone. Oh. A couple of Tylenol, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Says <laughs> I uh, chose to survive. You're not going to kill me. No way. The interview airs Monday night at 10 p.m. So that is crazy. Wow. Like basically every bit of his body. I burnt myself yesterday while cooking. Couldn't stop crying about it. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Uh, at least he doesn't have to put out the garbage for a few decades. True, right. Or plow the driveway, right. you think. The minute that someone in his family sees him going out on a cold winter's morning, I'm going to start up the plow. No, you're not. <laughs> Hire somebody to do that.
Uh, Jennifer Aniston thinks young people are too offended by friends. Uh, she says that they are hearing a lot from a younger generation who go back and watch episodes of Friends and then find themselves offended. By what? Oh, God. I, it's been a long time since I saw the show. I'm sure there's something. I mean, there was the big uh, the big dust-up over the fact that there was uh, only basically white people in the show. There was never any, you know. Uh, right. There was never black people. There was never Asian. It was all just, and it's supposed to be in New York City. Which is kind of a big mixing pot of all sorts of people. True, gotcha. I never um, really paid attention to the extras at the uh, the, the, the coffee shop. No, uh, Jen thinks that uh, we've lost our ability to laugh at bigots just because people can't handle the subject matter. In a way, we've lost a good learning tool. Now there weren't many bigots on Friends, so I'm not sure why she's going down this road. Maybe she's thinking of like the uh, All in the Families, the Archie Bunkers, the the Married with Children, and and that type of thing. Uh, or maybe it's the other way, where where people who watch it and are bigoted are the ones who are calling them out. And mm. she's saying, maybe we should just laugh at them and say, listen, it was a show, it was a joke, it was years ago. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. The producers of the show say, uh, and I read this a little while back, that they feel so guilty about how uh, black actors and, and other minorities were not included. They've put up millions and millions of dollars into education and all sorts of stuff mm. in, the, uh, in the theater world to... Uh, to have more opportunity for what minorities. Are, like, at some point, was there a conscious decision made in the producers or by the producers of the show or one of the main producers to say no white only? I don't think so. I, I would highly doubt that conversation ever happened. It's just the way the casting went. It was about these six young up-and-coming kids. No, and that's, listen, those are the stars. That, that, that's fine. I, I get it. You know, two of them are related. You're not going to have them necessarily look different. Um, but, you know, if they're worried about, you know, no guest stars, mm. no, no, nowhere in there, anywhere, did anyone come in with color, then that, that could be an issue. I think, wasn't it uh, Ross? He dated a black woman in a few episodes who worked with him at the university. I mean, Seinfeld was just as guilty. It was mm. that time period, right? I don't remember there being any... Outside of the Pakistani uh, restaurant owner. Yeah. I don't remember there being... And then, of course, though, the Asians with the restaurant. But then even then, it was kind of mocking them. Yeah. You know, it was... Well, they really mocked. I mean, listen, though, they, they had a white woman man's... with an Asian name that they, right. they made an episode out of. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, they just, and the one Pakistani guy, they destroyed his business. Right. Um, Keanu Reeves, on again, this Keanu Reeves, every day there's another story about this guy. Uh, he uh, supposedly is very generous when it comes to giving gifts with people he works with. Um, at one point, with the producers, or with the cast, I guess the direct cast, he gave all of them personalized Rolex watches. Now, with the entire stunt crew, he's given them all tailor-made T-shirts, each shirt depicting the number of times the person died throughout the movie. <laughs> For some of them, it was over 20 times. One of the most demanding fight sequences involved 35 stunt performers on a set of steps in Paris. One guy was taken out five or six times in that scene alone. Didn't he give the motorcycles to one of his stunt crew? Was that yeah, I think so, yeah. did that? Because, yeah. I mean, if, you know, one guy's getting a Rolex and you, you know, gave your life and limbs and body parts to stunts, you get a T-shirt. Well, I think he gave the... <laughs> custom made or not. I think he gave the Rolex to, like, co-stars. Right. Not just the, the stunt teams down the list. <laughs> Although in a movie like that, the you stunt team are doing most of it. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad for Owen Wilson. This, this would 
drive me insane if it ever happened to me. Owen Wilson was once handed a lifetime Rolling Stones concert pass. It was given to him, a laminate, basically allows him into any concert anywhere in the world at any time for a Rolling Stones show wow. for life. Well, that, isn't that your dream ticket? Well, yeah, I just have to afford to get to all these True. shows. Uh, he was on with, um, with uh, James Corden talking about this, and he says he was at a show in Argentina with a friend who was close to Mick Jagger when they got the passes. Owen wandered around backstage just showing off the laminate and trying to see if he can go anywhere he wanted to go, and he could. So much so, he accidentally ended up on stage during Jumping Jack Flash. <laughs> he got yelled at by staff to get off. The next morning, he got a call from Mick's security team asking for the pass back. He only had the pass for 24 hours. Oh, no. Supposed to last a lifetime. I'd get that pass, and Mick would die the next day. <laughs> When people were asked about high school cliques, uh, overall, the number one answer was uh, the jocks. The high school jocks. Right, okay. They, they all hung together. Um, then there was uh, the less common, popular kids. But it seems to me the popular kids and the jocks were all kind of one and the same. Same with the cheerleaders. You know, they, the pretty girls were dating the jocks. I know this might shock you. But I, I don't even know if... Uh, I wasn't even in the same school with the jocks. <laughs> Not a chance. Right. No, sir. Um, a shocking turn of events. Yeah. Now, I was fully glued into the stoners and smokers corner of the school. Uh, there's the geeks, the snobs, the preppy kids. It is said of uh, less common ones than that. Rich kids, hipsters, Goss and emo kids. Well, that's yeah, probably more somebody who maybe maybe like in their thirties. I don't even know that emo kids are a thing anymore. Are they? Right. But were you a a cliquey guy? Did you have a clique you hung out with? Uh, not necessarily. I think I I kind of hovered around a few different ones mm. there because while well, I you know I did play school sports, did play in a in a band, and did do music stuff as well. I, I kind of hovered around different groups. Yeah. But we certainly had those. It was, you know, very much the the Breakfast Club theme, right? right? You know, you had your jocks, you had your the the, the sportos, you had the, the stoners, the stoner kind of uh, skid group of things, yeah. and then you had the artsy ones, and you had the the, the nerds or smart kids. Yeah, you know, it, it's I just remember it being so intimidating too. If uh, you, especially with girls, like if you liked a girl who wasn't in your group, who wasn't a part of your clique. Like, I dated this girl who, uh, her brother was, like, part of the New Wave group. So, again, all those people listening to that music in the 80s, the New Order and the Spandell Ballets and all of that stuff. Oh, he must have loved you. Oh, I showed up <laughs> rocking my feathered hair and my leather jacket in the middle of August and a face that looked like a pizza, smoking my DeMaurier. And, uh, yeah, it was really intimidating because when all his quaffed-haired friends were around with their, you know, uh, what were the shirts with the collars up, the the uh, preppy. The, the polos? Polos, yeah, wearing all of that stuff. You know, yeah, we did not uh, see eye to eye. His parachute pants with yeah. all the zippers? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, it was it was in incredibly uh, intimidating to uh, to not be within your group. And I, and I remember, too, like having teachers who, would really get uh, insulting to certain uh, certain groups. Like if you were a part of a stoner group, they would, you know, look down their nose at you. 
uh, you know, or even referring to them you were as, asleep in the back of the I class. Was, yeah, I was pulling a Jeff Spicoli <laughs> ordering a pizza. <laughs> but I always, you know, listen, there was people who were in my group who, who went on to do some pretty good things. It was always just, you know, oh, you're just a stoner. You're a loser. You're a, as you said, skid. Right. You know, but then the dude who was the all-star whatever was just deemed to be Mr. Perfect. Meanwhile, he ends up, you know, molesting ponies somewhere and goes to prison. <laughs> I think that's... I, is that what happened? I think that's the story. <laughs> or at least that's what I said. Let's go with that. That's what I said about it. Well, there is a truth to oh, peeking that, in... That Brampton pony molester oh, crowd. yeah, he was the worst, but he could throw a football a mile. <laughs> but there is the thing of peeking in high school, too, right? There was a great movie, a very funny movie, with Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart called Just Friends. And it's one of our favorites. But it's kind of about that. You know, Ryan Reynolds plays this nerdy, overweight guy in school who has a crush on Amy Smart. And then he grows up, loses all the weight, goes on to be a music exec. And the guy who Amy Smart was dating, the high school football jock, is just the town drunk loser you know, years down the road. <laughs> So you gotta you gotta watch. High, I always found high school Uncle Rico basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I mean I look back at high school kind of not not fall. I'm neither here nor there about it. Like I, but I certainly remember like trying new things to fit in with other groups. Mm. I remember going and like get, changing my hair one day, deciding that's it. Enough with the feathered hair. I got to do something different. So I go and I get some kind of like a flock of seagulls cut. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please tell me there's a uh, photo of this somewhere. Not, there can't be because I didn't keep it for very long because I, I walk into the school. I, I think I had even bought like a new kind of, I don't know, uh, pinkish shirt. Like I was, tr- I was trying to fit in with the new wave guys. So I quaff my hair and I do the, the thing and I walk into the school and one of my stoner buddies looks at me and just screams the F-bomb at me. <laughs> you know, the English version of a cigarette? Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, I said, well, enough of that. Um, is this before your leather hat phase? Oh, or this after? is way after. Oh, okay. The leather hat was about grade six. Right, and that, not the Brian Johnston type of leather hat. Like, you know. Oh, no. This was a cowboy hat. <laughs> I thought I was a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I was a sad state. And you fish. weren't in the loader crowd? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually had some friends. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.